Welcome. I hope you enjoy the conversation you're about to see between me and another comedian about religion and comedy. These are conversations I'm calling Disorganized Religion. God bless. And for those atheists out there, may nothing await you after this life. Sweet. All right. Hey, welcome, nerds. We, uh, we're back. Another weekly edition. Uh, bi-weekly actually now with the COVID-19, trying to keep everybody and myself sane and entertained. Uh, thanks for joining us on Disorganized Religion. I am super excited about our guest today. You can see him. He is beautiful. He is the best drummer in the world right now, I think is the most recent title, right? Uh, oh, Mexican. <laughs> Mexican drummer. <laughs> even that. Even that is a, is a little much. Uh, he's a fantastic comedian and just a really good person, which cannot often be said, and not honestly. And this I can say honestly about the guest today, Joel Jimenez. Boom. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Me, thank you, Seth. So, That's very nice of you to say. It's uh, true. It's all you know, true. Anytime, anytime somebody calls you a really good person, you, you go into your mind and you start to dissect like what does that mean you know but uh i won't do it today anyway that's for <laughs> that's for when we hang up no 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 i know i try to go down a rabbit hole yeah you can text me later and be like what uh, yeah i also think cool. people think i'm a good drummer till a good drummer shows up you know it's like that wow. or like skateboarding i used to be like good at skating till like a real skateboarder showed up and then i'd be like uh there, I, I mean, the sad thing about this life is there's always someone better at anything than you. I I think that's the good part of this life because oh. you know that I, I right. find I find peace in that. You know, there will is always right? be somebody who's better. Yeah, of course. Why is that could peace you, you? I find that so antagonizing. Could you, Cause could you imagine being the guy who doesn't find pe- like who needs to be the best? I feel like those lives. Yes, those people are great, but I feel like. They yeah, sacrifice a lot of joy in that in the pursuit of that thing, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. No, I think you're probably but, right. But maybe they find joy in that pursuit. I don't know. I'm not in their shoes, so I don't know. Right. I mean, I just know for me it is frustrating when I think it's it's usually the moments when I'm like, oh no, I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Like take comedy for instance. It's yeah. like, no, like I'm getting this, I'm getting this. And then I see someone go up and I'm like, ah, they might have started around the same time as I did, maybe even after I did. And yeah. jealousy surges because it's like, oh, my gosh, that person yeah. is so good. Like how, how yeah. is that possible? There's just so many journeys. Also, I heard this great um, this great sort of metaphor about that is like horses when they're racing have like the blinders because like the second you okay. stop to look at the horse next to you, like – you just can't. There's enough for all of us and everybody's, especially with comedy, when we're sort of drawing from our lives, like somebody's might be in a place in their life where they're doing so many mics a week, maybe, you know, whatever you have kids sure. or I, I'm I'm depressed or I'm doing this or whatever it is. It's like, yeah, it's it's there's a lot of processes for developing comedy and they're not all super like one two three you know working hard is probably the the only thing that goes across the board but as far as like progression and you know some people get more stage time some people just have that x factor which is like a weird thing to say but that doesn't mean that there's not enough for all all of us you know no that's true that's absolutely true and i need to do better about but I, I've having, been there too. I, I know what you're saying as well. It's like I've I've also had those moments, and but I try to. I just can't. I feel happier in my life to not compare myself. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's a good lesson. That's a good lesson. See what I mean? You're a good person, Joel. How can you? I don't even, know. I can't even deny that. How long have you been doing stand up? Uh, I've been doing it eight years. Eight years on December 21st. So I started December 21st, 2011. Wow. So why do you remember that day? Was it a purposeful choice to start stand-up or was it um, – So I tried to go – so I believe December 21st, 2011 was like a Wednesday or a Thursday. I had tried to go up on a, that Sunday, but I went to a mic mm. at the Meltdown. I don't know if you remember that place. It was like a, it's a comic book store in L.A. It was really famous. They ended up getting a Comedy Central show and Kumail oh, and Jonah Ray like ran, ran this show called The Meltdown out of there. But they had a huh. comedy open mic on Sundays. Um, I went – the Sunday before with like a six pack of beer to yeah. go sit, sit and drink and watch and uh-huh. see what I was sort of getting myself into. I had our, I, 
we'll backtrack this whole story though. Prior to this, prior to yeah. all of this, I had a whole sort of lineage of what made me think I could even do comedy. Yeah. Start writing for three months. I end up going to this mic. Then I go the next Sunday. I sign up. I'm not called in the lottery, but I meet a guy outside. I don't know. You ever yeah. met Jared Jared Levin? Uh, you know that guy? Yeah. I mean, Long that name sounds guy. really familiar. Yeah, he's he's you know he's a sort of LA guy. He's always, he's around you know long hair. Um, yeah. Sort of surfer looking dude. He uh he was just in the lobby of the comic book store outside of the mic giving out flyers for another mic that was happening like that Wednesday. Dude? Did you say kind of? No, he's not really tall. Short, he's like, right? He's about my. Yeah. He's about my. I know Jared. Yeah. I just don't know cool. his last name. Yeah. Okay. That's Jared so. Lips. So I got a. Uh, so he passed me this flyer for another mic. So I didn't get called that yeah. Sunday, but he gives me a flyer. He says this Wednesday we're doing this thing at the Bronson Bar on Hollywood. So it's like Hollywood and Bronson. Gotcha. My friends uh, Stan Macy and. Um, oh my God! This is so bad. Uh, uh, why did I start naming names? Stan Macy. <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. Jared's going to give me crap for being like, I don't know, Jared. I know. Jared. Ah, that's okay. Nobody She's watches this podcast. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, there are like 13 oh, people. Uh, yeah. Jeremy, ba- Jeremy Bassett. So so is uh, Seth, um, uh, Stan Macy and Jeremy Bassett uh, were having this open mic, and I went to the open mic at the Bronson Bar. I brought like two shots of Jack, like the yeah. little mini airplane shots. Yeah. Did those outside. Had a beer, weirdly enough, and he doesn't remember this and whatever. Um, Josh Martin, the old producer of Kill Tony, was also there. Yeah. He had ju- he had just moved from New Orleans. Was at this mic. I was so nervous. I like sat next to him. Was like, "Hey, do you want to?" I bought him a beer. We like didn't really hang out. That was it. I like bought him the beer and then awkwardly sat there. Um, <laughs> they put they put me up, uh, and it went okay. Like it, I didn't yeah. bomb. I did all right. And I yeah. remember going to the bathroom to pee after and going like, "Oh shit, I just did this." Yeah, and um, a comic who was there told me to go the, t- the next day to the Hollywood Hotel. Showed wow. up there, saw some of the guys from the mic the night before, and they, they were like, "Oh, we didn't believe it was your first time. Was that really your first time?" But you know, so that stuff gives you a little bit yeah. of like, "Oh, maybe there's something here," you know. So, right. Uh, that's it. So I'm sorry. Back to you. I'm. No, I'm ra- no, I will ramble, is, dude. This is about you, man. So, what gave you the impetus to think or to want to do stand up? Okay. So. <clears throat> trying to give you the short long story uh yeah so growing up i loved george carlin i loved chris rock i loved i always loved stand-up i was always watching it but i thought it was impossible i thought they were superheroes i was like uh-huh. i could never do that because i'm watching the group the best of the best and yeah. i was like i was like there is no way yeah so blah 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 I drop out of high school. I'm all, I, I, I sort of was playing a lot of music in high school. I was lucky enough to be surrounded by other friends who were musicians and mm-hmm. did a lot of music. That's where I started playing drums and, and stuff like that, middle school to high school. And, uh, but never did drama. Always wanted to act. You know, I loved Jim Carrey. I loved, like, In Living Color as a kid. I always was, like, sort of a ham. My parents would, like, make me sing for our relatives, and I would put sure. on these shows and you know, my dad built me like my aunt used to have a big palm tree and then a tree in the middle of the yard. And my dad built me a zip line out of like BMX handlebars and like a, oh, wow. a thing and a rope. So I used to like do like Phantasmic, which is like the Disney show at Disneyland. Like I was, I had the, the tape of Phantasmic music and yeah. I would like pr- perform for my parents and I had a costume box and my mom Jeez. would take me to the Goodwill and the Goodwill and like thrift stores. And I had a box of costumes and I would like dress up and anyway, yeah. So fast forward, I'm playing music, always wanted to do theater, but never really stayed in high school long enough. I dropped out like maybe my first semester of 10th grade, gotcha. um, and that's a whole nother long story. But uh, I mean, did you drop I, uh, out because of music or? I didn't. I, so, I, so I hated school from like my first day of kindergarten. My, my, <laughs> yeah. My, yeah, for real. Like my mom, yeah. my mom worked at the L.A. Zoo. Um, oh, we okay. had, we had, so, you know, I'm going to zoo camp. We had like, yeah. um memberships to the natural history museum to all the museums she would take me to the library all the time i really yeah. loved the way that my mom um taught me to learn and learn for myself and to read and to like seek knowledge and like have this sort of like uh this sounds this is the dumbest sentence i've ever said but sort of this like thirst for for new things and stuff like yeah. that so i really i really enjoyed the way i was learning you know i get to i used to wear a little zookeeper outfit and hang out by the flamingos oh like at the zoo you know and had a yeah. pin that said ask me about the flamingos you know it's like <laughs> it was like i knew all these animal facts so i really loved yeah. that way of learning and i felt that 
LAUSD and all the other school systems, because uh, I went to Catholic school also, was like, they had like failed me in that sort of, it was just boring. I was like, yeah. the way my mom does it and, you know, whatever, even PBS or Mr. Rogers, like all that stuff was like, to me, so much more tantalizing than sitting yeah. in a sitting in a room with a book and a boring yeah. teacher i hated it so got i got it. the hell out i get the hell out of there um sure so 10th grade poor, hits and you bounce yeah and i'm 17 sort of my poor parents now i look back i'm like they could have gotten in trouble if i got <laughs> caught or you know um uh, sure. yeah. whatever now i look by my poor poor lovely parents but so yeah it's like so i never did drama i never got to that point in school but i was playing music and sort of uh-huh in punk bands and that was the direction that was supposed to be my life trajectory i did like a i sang for a punk band i had an album that was like yeah. i was on the i was on the road to possibly be a touring punk band within three to five years where that would be like my career wow. like you know yeah um i got tired of that um uh-huh. i always i always felt like the most like dedicated member of every band i was in you know i'm sure and i've made this joke before i'm sure all the other members would contest that and be like yeah right whatever but right. uh Right. But, you know, it was stressful. You're you're wrangling yeah. these five guys and you got to go on in 30 minutes and your bass player is an hour away or your drummer is and whatever. And right. you don't really chill till you hit the stage. I still love music a lot. But uh, so I never did that. Um, whatever. I get older. I get a job, blah, blah, blah. I'm working at the skate park. I'm still in my neighborhood. Uh, yeah. My, my mom's friend gets a flyer for an open casting call for this theater show. They're doing a play. Wow. Based on my neighborhood, I'm from Frogtown, oh. which is in Northeast LA. So, oh this, yeah, this... they've got a stand-up show that happens there, right? The Frog. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoever books that, uh, hit me up. I'd love to do it once this quarantine <laughs> is over. I'll do it from quarantine, <laughs> right, um, man? Yeah. But um, so they, so I get this. I go to this open casting. I'm like yeah. nervous, and my mom's like, "You should go. You always wanted to act." I go. I get it, right? I get, the f- I get the part. Wow. Yeah. I go. Um, I go do this thing. Uh. And so I'm in this play. Through that play, my that director passes my name to another director, and I get this other show with this other like theater company, right? So now my name is yeah. being. So now I'm in the theater world. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Not whatever. That's no, amazing. No, no, no. So, so then but, um, yeah. I'm trying to think when this thing happens. Um, oh, so this I do catalytic this, moment. Yeah, yeah. So then I so then I do I do this play in Watts, um, and one of the stagehands. Uh, is from East LA, from Boyle Heights. Mm. There's a place called Casa 101. He's a playwright. But he says, hey, we, we know this guy. He teaches improv classes. Me and him are backstage before it's my time to go out, whatever. Yeah. We're messing around. We're doing impressions of a bartender that's a T-Rex. He's trying to make mar- martinis with his little arms and stuff. And <laughs> yeah. and he, he drops it and he's like, Ugh. anyway. <laughs> so we're doing these funny things. He's like, you're funny. He's like, um, we do these improv classes. So I meet this guy yeah. named, his name was Anthony Aguilar. Great, great playwright, great dude. He's from Boyle Heights. He's he's kind of, I would say, kind of well known there. Being a young kid who sort of paved a way for himself in playwriting in this small community. Anyway, uh-huh. I meet this guy named Luke Lizalde. Luke Lizalde was sort of a pivotal, which I never really like talk about him a lot. But um, basically, Luke had gone to UCB, Second City, Groundlings. He had gone as far as he could have in all of them saved his notes from all those classes and he taught a free or donation based improv class in Boyle Heights at Casa 101, right? So gotcha. So I sign up for this class. Yeah. And basically I got to take improv one, improv one one oh one, whatever, through this and um maybe donated they would pass around an envelope. I maybe donated sure. five dollars the entire time. You know, I didn't have <laughs> shit I didn't have at the time. Right. Right. Um uh and so but through that class I realized that things that I would say would make people laugh. And I was yeah. like, oh, maybe this isn't impossible. And yeah. so through that, um, I started writing. And, um, you know, Luke would tell me, like, hey, you're funny. You know, I, I was really dedicated. I would write a lot of notes. I was really into it. And uh, yeah. so then I wrote for three months. And I was like, you know what? I, a pod- I was getting into podcasts. And I had just got in, like, one of the original, like, iPod, like, shuffles or whatever. Yeah. And- yeah. Or whatever it was, uh, a nano or something, nano, something like that. Sure. And when was listening to podcasts and podcasts about stand up, and I was like, you know what? Like, maybe I want to try this. And so I just made up my mind and I went and went to that mic and blah, 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 and just started doing it. And, and once I was in, I was like, this is, 
I was in, dude. I, I felt yeah. like, wow, my whole life I've been trying to be a stand-up. I just didn't know it. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. That's Man, the long so, and the short of it. I love it. How did you get involved with Kill Tony? Because that seems to bring basically everything you love yeah, together into is, one show. Yeah, it's such a trip, dude. This is, I mean, how much time do we have? All right. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm just like, but but this is nice. I feel, you know, Seth, I've always sort of like enjoyed our conversations. I always feel like. Yeah, um, me too. I was sort of. I was sort of dreading finding a time where we could actually make this happen, but I, we did it. And then, but I was like, but once we, we solidified that time, I was like, Oh, I'm really excited to sort of, I feel like when I sit and talk to you, I'm not, I can sort of be a little more introspective and a little more yeah. like, um, I don't feel like I have to kill all the time. You know, could be, uh, right. I feel like we, we talk about life and religion and we've sort of like, we've connected on, on a couple different levels, I think. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, okay, I but too. so I appreciate that. Good, but so that's why I'm just sort of like spewing things here to you right no, now. I but love uh, it. I love but, it. But um, okay, so kill Tony. So, <clears throat> so through these open mics, I'm going to the Hollywood Hotel. You know, I start in L.A. So the the big mics in L.A. Yeah. We're doing the Silver Lake Lounge, the Hollywood Hotel. Um, there was a place called Echoes Under Sunset in Echo Park mm-hmm. that was really like a a clubhouse for all of us. Uh, yeah. When I first started, um, I start seeing Pat Reagan go up. And Pat Reagan at the time was this sort of like, for lack of a better term, like alternative comedy darling. He was very, Uh he was very, very popular. Like I would say top 15 known comics in LA, you know, on on any show that is any show that matters, Pat was, would be there. You know, people would, when you're outside smoking or whatever you're doing, people would go inside to watch when Pat went on stage. Right. So that, so it was this thing. So I used to watch Patty. He did guitar comedy, like songs. And I remember kind of hating guitar comedy as a kid, but Pat did it different. And I would watch and I was like, oh, that's really good. Like, I like this huh. guy. Yeah. I started, started hearing like drums to his music. Like I started. Uh-huh. So I went up to him one day and I was like, hey, man, I like your music. If you ever need a drummer, I hear drums to your songs. Let me know. I'd love to play if you ever want to record full band. And he goes, all right, cool. A year goes by. Right? I see him at, I see him at my phone like, <clears throat> We hang out, we become better friends. But a year yeah. later, a year later, I get a phone call. Hey, um, well, I had seen him at like a, a couple bars. He was saying he was dealing, he was going to start a band, blah, blah, blah. But that was sure. it. Yeah. <clears throat> years, a year later. Like, Dude, you never called. <laughs> what? No, I was just like, whatever. I, I was on yeah. my own stand-up sort of path and doing my own. Uh-huh. And, and then uh, a year a year passes, I get this call. He goes, hey, man, we got to – it was about – 10 11 and he's like hey we got a rehearsal studio at like noon or one something like that do you yeah. want to come play drums um basically audition i didn't know it at the time sure i show i show up and the three of us click like it was it was me him and our, our friend james and like um who's an amazing singer guitar player we click yeah. so then we started this band called the baby boys and um yeah. started playing music with pat pat Fast forward to Pat starts going to the comedy store somehow, gets development spots. Uh-huh. I don't know. He's always telling me, man, you got to come to the comedy store. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a license until I was 30. So I was like, I have no way to get out no there. kidding. So I used to roll with him. He'd pick yeah. me up, we, whatever. I'd, I'd roll with him to the store. We'd go to Roast Battle. He yeah. starts doing these spots at Roast Battle, uh, sort of warm up before a Roast Battle, right? And uh, one yeah. night, everyone is in the room. Like, I don't know exactly who... But it's like a who's who of, you know, the room's packed. It used to, I haven't been in years, but it was such an electric room, you know, like yeah. standing room only, crazy, yeah. crazy. Have you done, you've probably You're done those. you up in the right? belly room. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so yeah. but, you know, I can't describe it because some of my first times there, it was just, I mean, I'm sure you had the same feeling. It's just like this, yeah. wow, like we're in it, man. It was the hippest, yeah. coolest show, right? Yeah, this mystical kind of magical feeling to it. Absolutely, absolutely. Super dangerous feeling, like just very pirate-esque. Anything could happen. Lost boys, yeah, exactly. Very cool. Lost women, whatever, whatever your gender is. Lost people. (laughs) The lost lost people. Yeah. Lost they, they is Latinx. Uh, But so so one night, Pat has this sort of like, he sings this song of his called Greg's Dad, and he sort of has this transcendent set where he, he crushes. Yeah, and one of the people that's in there is Tony Hinchcliffe, and so Pat gets a CD to Tony of his music. Tony actually listens to it, which is another (laughs) another thing, right? Another Another, amount of 
CDs that are given out that people never yeah. touch, you know? Yeah. Tony listens to it, says, hey, I want to have this show. I want you to come be the band leader on this show. Pat comes gotcha. to kill Tony. So that's that. Yeah. <clears throat> Pat starts doing that. I start rolling with Pat to kill Tony, putting my name in the bucket just as a comic. Right. Hanging out at the store, drinking, blah, blah, blah. I get up a few times. On, I got up on Kill Tony one time. I meet Tony. He's like, hey, you're funny. Every time you come to the store and you see me, I want you to come up to me and say hi. Let me know you're here. That's so nice. <clears throat> yeah. So I start doing it. Every yeah. time I'm there, bam, 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 whatever. Get, get him to like know my face and stuff. And uh, yeah. And then I did a few things with Pat where we did character things at the store, like um, for roast battle, I would come in wearing a beard. He, he'd go, I'm uh-huh. sorry, is there a percussionist in the crowd? And I'd be like, I'm a percussionist. And like come up <laughs> with like a bass drum, like full on bass drum and a beard and yeah. Sort of just getting getting in the zone of that world, you know. It's right. definitely a clubhouse. It's the mafia, right. Right. and so and so. Uh, I didn't have a drum set small enough to fit upstairs because it's a tiny little corner. Yeah, it is a small stage. One day, I'm at a thrift store in Burbank, and I see a little kid's bass drum. Called, it's like uh-huh. it's like a it's a toy. It's like from you know Toys R Us. Sure. But I go, hey man, I I've been sort of being broke all my life and stuff learned how to make drums sound good with a little bit of love you know like so yeah i i um i i call pat i go hey he drives me to the drum store the next day we get brand new heads on it we get little like it was missing the rubber feet on they go hey now i got a bass drum small enough to fit up there that next monday i go to the comedy store yeah uh we did costumes anyway and through just showing up and Tony liked having a band, and yeah. I, the, but the first time I was there and was on the show, I fell in love with it so much that I was like, I'm. I dug my claws in, and I was like, I'm. I'm <laughs> for real, dude. But, yeah. but I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm literally willing. Takes. I'm exactly, and I yeah. mean that with all my. I'm willing to give up anything. I'm willing to do anything to be here. I need to be here, yeah. and I and I and I did it, dude. Like after years, I've been there maybe four and a half, five years now, and um, yeah. It doesn't feel like work because it's so much fun. But I yeah. look back and I go, damn, man, I, we, we worked really hard to build this thing that we have now. And it's like, it's been amazing. Man. It's one of the greatest things that I've ever done. And it's led to so many yeah. great things, you know. Well, and it is one of the best <coughs> aspects of the Kill Tony live podcast hmm. is you, Jeremiah, Chroma Chris, and now I guess Je- Jesse, right? Has, yeah, Jesse. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. It's awesome. Member, which is yeah. fun. It's very fun. But it's always so exciting cool. to see what characters you guys pick, what see what sort of antics you guys have planned out for every every week. Cool. See, that's so, so interesting fun. because I'm doing it, so I don't really feel the excitement of people not knowing and seeing the sure. reveal. I, I miss yeah. out on that part. Yeah. That's no, cool. That that's very cool to hear, though. The only part I've been disappointed about is when you guys all decided to be Mormon missionaries and I wasn't invited. That was a misstep on my part. <laughs> No, but next time, you know. It would have been too real. It would have been too real. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I could have brought a whole crate of Books of Mormon. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know what, though, dude? It was, was, I think it was like last minute, like Jeremiah couldn't make it or something, and I call up Jesse, and I'm freaking out because whenever Jeremiah's not there, Tony will text me and be like, hey, I need you to bring it it this week. You know, you got to bring it. You're the guy. So you will not believe how hard it was to find a (laughs) button-up white shirt with a pocket. It was so uh, – it's the easiest it, thing, right? But it yeah. took me – dude. You could have just borrowed one of mine. Well, another huge mix up. I know. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, and then uh, yes, I printed out the name tags and uh, yeah. it was cool. That was one of the most fun – it was it was a it really was fun. fun show. Yeah. Um, I was so nervous. Who were the guests? Uh, I can't remember who the guests were. There was a lot of pressure on me at the time, I think. It, maybe self in my own mind. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, you don't see the forest for the trees. I didn't even like yeah. probably think, of, think about you in the moment because I was well, so like it's me. So do you ever feel like there's not – I don't know. I guess I would, I would also think about, okay, Jeremiah's it every week, right? Yeah. yeah. So I would think there would be more pressure on Jeremiah, whereas when he's oh, not I'm sure, there, it's sure. like, oh, maybe there's sort of an alleviated pressure for you and everyone else. No, because, because I, have to, I have to step up to that, that role, and that role it requires yeah. so much more than just being there. It's, 
it's right. he's in the control tower, you know. Yeah. And, um, Anticipating what the comics are going to say. Yeah. How he can involve himself and the rest of you. And he's also he's an improvisational like genius, dude. He's yeah. he. I can't believe how quickly he can get into things and then how he does it, you know. And and also like credit to him. I'm a nervous wreck. Like he's he's just he, yeah. I don't know how he very does it. Confident, cool. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, we all have our own things, but, like, he, um, he, uh, so when you step up to that, that sort of position, it's, like, definitely, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot to live up to. People enjoy the band aspect of the show. Yeah. So, now that we're in this pandemic, how has that, because I saw the last one was not at all the same as the previous Kill Tony's, because they can't be, right? Mm -hmm. So, how, how has that change been? I guess you guys have only done, what, one? Since We've done two now. Two, we did one two. one at the Ice House that was a little more relaxed. Then we did another one at, at Better Box Studios, which is Gino from Speedweed, and then uh, yeah. his his place. And we're doing that again tomorrow. But tomorrow, now there's no more regulars in the room. It's only Tony, Brian, Jesse, Jeremiah, and that's it. That's oh, it. Yeah. Everyone else is calling in. David Lucas, they're all Skyping. Right. People can email a minute. I don't know how that's all like working Oh people my are, gosh. Yeah. So, and also people keep hitting me up like, hey, when's the deadline? What's that? It's like, dude, it's on the <laughs> I episode. Know. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying not to get, yeah. catch the COVID, man. Yeah, for real. But so um, how are yeah, you so holding up with this pandemic? Um, it's been really good. I, uh, not, well, really good was, uh, well, maybe it's like a little slip of my, of positive energy, but I, um, yeah. it's been rough, dude. I'm, I'm already a real nervous sort of panicky person. Uh, my parents, like I said, are old. They're, um, Every time I go on Instagram or something, like, it'll be cool, and then I'll read some sort of, like, fatalist sort of negative thing, and I'm like, ah, uh, here we go. But I also realize yeah. that ju- that it's reality, and we have to be nervous. I've been so grateful, like, very lucky that my girlfriend's letting me stay with her, where, like, I don't yeah. have to be around my parents. But I'm also, sure. like, part of me's figuring out how I can how I can be there for my parents like I'm like can yeah. I go home and help them but wear a mask or wear gloves because they right. might need me right now also so right. I've been trying to figure that out in the next few days like if there's a way that I can maybe go home maybe I'll just like stay in my room yeah um, where where I can like get them groceries or like think I've been dropping stuff off but I don't know yeah. how um you know and they're doing well yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, but thank but goodness also, for you know, technology, right? I mean, FaceTime. You think my parents know how to FaceTime, dude? I mean, Just kidding. No, I don't no know you're right. You're right. A little quick tutorial over the phone. Oh hell no, dude! My mom barely. <laughs> she's got a flip phone, dude. No, I um, I bet I could like FaceTime yeah. my nephew, my nephew, and he'd probably. I I could do it. Yeah, and it's okay. It's only been like two weeks, and like yeah, you know, somebody somebody brought up an interesting point today, which this is totally left field, but like. People are losing their minds right now in this sort of like right. quarantine sort of thing, and it really makes you think about how unjust like our prison system is, and like how oh, like think about if we think this is bad, like think about sure. the conditions that like prisoners have to live under, like you know, yeah, it's yeah. pretty bad, but you know. But I mean, hopefully, hopefully, most of them are there because they should be. Yeah, I feel like that's probably not put it. It's probably not the case, though. I think that (laughs) there's. You don't think so? I think there definitely are people that are in there because they deserve it, but I also think there's a lot of nonviolent drug offenders. There's a lot of like people who are locked up due to racism or you know things like that. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so that sucks. Just just because you're like a criminal doesn't mean you're no longer a human. So I think like you know they still deserve um, basic human rights. But well, I guess that's your opinion. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. So you said you grew up going to Catholic school. Uh, yeah. For sure. Are your parents Catholic? Um, not really. I would say my dad sort of is a little bit more, but he's not really practicing. He'll get like a, we'll get, we'll like candles and stuff like that if something happens. You know, we'll have like the Virgin Mary candles or stuff if like, you know, if somebody passes or if they're sick or um, he'll get a couple. He'll get pictures yeah. of Jesus and stuff every now and then. But my mom is sort of. Not, I wouldn't say atheist. I think that she, she, she believes in sort of an overall like positivity and love, and uh-huh. but but not any sort of like structured religion, you know. Got it. Got it. But yeah. Uh, so what but, yeah. is? Do you understand uh, or do you know the I guess theological reasons for the candles? 
I don't really know. At okay. this point, it's just sort of traditional sort of. I think it's yeah. if if I were to just like guess, I'd be like, you know, you're lighting this. It's just sort of like this act of putting this. Yeah, more you know, symbolic, spreading right, positive metaphor. energy, you know, and yeah. uh, and through metaphor, you know, does create sort of. I mean, you know, the scientists have proved that prayer like does change things in the brain and has helped mm. people um, like recover from illness and stuff like that. So I think that the positive thought. Yeah. The positive thought definitely does something scientific in a sense, even if it is placebo. I believe that it does like work, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think. Putting out some sort of uh, what's the I, uh, endorphins, right? Yeah, I mean, also like, like you know, our hearts, our hearts are run on electricity, right? And like, sure, the the moon pulls in the tide, and there is this magnetic force in the world, and so I think that there are yeah. there are things that we don't see and if our thoughts have energy then you know i don't know there's something to it yeah i think yeah you know so i mean you, it's you know i don't know do you believe in mysticism i don't know what i believe you know i believe that yeah. okay um yeah I, I i think that um i'm not here to talk anyone out of their religion i'm not i'm definitely not I don't. I don't think I would identify as atheist, even because I feel like mm. atheists are just as like religious as religious people in a weird way. Like they're yeah, sort of religious think, about their atheism. Right. Some. Some. I mean, I some, think some. You know, some. Right, some. You're right. That's a blanket yeah. statement. Yeah. I think I that for um, religious people, right? Not all religious people are zealous <clears throat> about their religion. Of course. Yeah. And uh, I, I think, think the same um, for atheism. I don't know if I would. I, I don't know if I would say mysticism. I would say I don't even know. Well, what do you mean by by mysticism? Well, I like, guess you started talking about you know moon pulling tides and magnetic oh, forces potentially influencing us. I, th and I think that's me more than being myst mystic. It's me sort of, I'm sort of justifying positive thinking and prayer with science. Oh, I see what you're saying. I, yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. what I'm doing. I like to have a little bit of like scientific backing to even to faith based things. I think like sure. Um, <clears throat> I'm not one that believes that it's got to be science or religion. I'm like, why can't science be yeah, – why, why couldn't – if you believe in God, why couldn't the bang, bang, Big Bang Theory be God's doing or evolution? Right. Couldn't that be right. God God's doing as well or nature, yeah. you know, things like that? Yeah, um, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, I'm not one or the other, and I think that it's sort of uh, – yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so you then did not grow up going to church if your parents weren't super I did. No, Catholic, so you did. So – I did because they put me in Catholic school because I grew oh, up in, sure. you know, okay. the, the, the public schools in my neighborhood were like, they thought it would be safer to send me to Catholic school. So eh, it probably so, was. Who knows? It, yeah, it probably was. But yeah. it, I think it, it messed me up mentally because there oh, is a it? lot of, yeah, I think so. I, I look back, I'm, I'm super neurotic. I'm super panicky. Yeah. I look back, I go, what started that? Like, and I, and yeah. a lot of it which I attribute to being told I was going to go to hell if I didn't go to church every Sunday and the yeah. sort of like guilt based. The Catholic religion is very it's yeah it's super like yeah it's you so know sure, mono, right? monolithic for like look at you right. know it's crazy yeah. Well, I don't think it's just the Catholic religion. I think a lot. You're of right. You're right. I relate are, to a lot of them as well. Yeah, or about you know humans are small compared to God, so you need to. Yeah align yourself with god and uh or else you'll face his wrath right yeah 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 so that was weird so i did that i remember coming home crying because they, they told me i was gonna go to hell if i didn't go to church well Man. my mom was like my mom was like you're fine like relax just be <laughs> basically like be a good person was like all yeah. she told me yeah, you know yeah, and yeah. then um so then I fell away from it for a long time as soon as i got out of catholic school i went to so public what school. ages did you go to catholic school I went to Catholic school from kindergarten through eighth grade. Oh, wow. I was a, I was okay. an altar boy. I you know did wow. uh, yeah confession, my first communion. I'm about to be a godparent. Hopefully, if I can yeah. get my um, oh, thing. Congratulations. Pat Pat is Pat just had a baby, so he asked oh, me no if kidding. I would want to do that. So I'm trying yeah. to get that. Um, I, I I like the the tradition of it. I enjoy sure. the rich the ritual of it. You know. Yeah. Um, and so I fell away from it for a long time. Um, uh huh. And became I was like born again Christian for a few years okay. for a little for a little bit after that I, uh, it's a long story but basically um, I did ecstasy one day and uh -huh. we went to this like this cool like we had gone a week before to this cool like hip hop event there was like break dancers and a DJ and um, 
and the next week we go back we're like let's go back but this week it wasn't the event anymore it was like a it was like a youth group thing yeah i guess they do those things to get people to come in and see blah 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 yeah. we're like yeah dj's breakdancing so i drop ecstasy i go to this thing and it's a church <laughs> it's a church i'm like sitting on this parking block outside and i was like one of the ladies who worked i was like hey everybody's saying this is a church like is that real like she's like yeah she's like why don't She's like, why don't you just come in, like, see what we do, whatever. No, no big deal. And I was like, yeah. all right. As yeah. soon as I sat up from the parking block, I, it, I was peeking on it. We had taken it like maybe an hour before. Uh huh. I go in and everything. I was, I was sort of broken at the time. I'd gone through yeah. like, you know, sort of like my first like teenage like breakup, and I was sort of yeah. had no direction and was sort of like partying a lot and kind of on a bad path and sure and so i was sitting there sort of being very receptive to the message of this church and ended yeah. up um they had a drum set there i was like playing drums with the dj and then i was like i remember like cussing when i was talking to the pastor and i was like i'm so sorry and he's like no no no, just be you man like whatever it's all good like you're good <laughs> and they yeah and they were like they were really i met a lot of really great yeah. people there that that yeah. had a positive impact on my life but as the years went on i i started to notice again the hypocrisy within the church which in within the Got structural it. sort of thing like i took Up my again, christian church yeah Talk yes so i was like in the band there and all this shit. And, uh and um uh and then one time i uh i took my dad to like uh my parents we went to like a mother's day mass and yeah. uh the priest asked uh he said i want all the women in the room to stand up right my dad's english is not great my dad just sees okay. everybody stand standing up so, so my starts, dad stands yeah. up yeah. and these two guys like laugh at him like in front uh, of him and i was like oh like f you man like yeah you're a Christian, like help the guy. Don't laugh. What are you like, frat boys? Like I thought yeah. this was like you know. You gotta do is and be like, the, oh no, just the women, dude. Just the women. yeah, whatever. And I, that was the right. last shot. And I was out of there. I was like, yeah. where's the where's the love here? You know, that's not yeah. you know. And I really yeah, yeah. love you know. I love my dad, and he's been such a great like um, strong man in my life. That to see yeah. these two like frat boy types like. F- laugh at somebody who i deeply yeah. respect i was like i want no part of this so i got out of there right and then i've just sort of been on my own sort of path the last few years you know i uh um, yeah. i have i've had really hard moments that hard enough to where i have moments where i go is this where i need like prayer is this where i need god you know i don't but i don't know what that is and i i definitely yeah. don't identify with the book uh perception of god you know i, I think that like okay. I think so when that, you say that, what do you mean? Like the like the biblical presentation yes. of God, like this old bearded guy. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Yeah, just I think that to me, I think that our language will always fail us when we are referring to these things that are bigger than us. Like we don't have mm-hmm. the words to describe these things. Like I think uh, you, you heard the there's like um, two theories, right? There's like the there's the same theory but different ways to explain it. There's the dog and the laptop theory, where you can have a dog in the same room as your laptop and uh-huh. they can both exist, but your dog can never understand what that oh. laptop does. Or yeah. there's the ant, the ant crawling on the microchip, right? Like the ant right. can crawl on the microchip to him. It's just a surface. And I feel like that is, that will always be our perception of God is, is um, uh-huh. we are ants crawling on a microchip. We can, the ant cannot even begin the dog sure. cannot even it's not even in his stratosphere of thought to know sure. what a laptop is and i feel like language at that point will always fail us i think that feeling emotion um good deeds things like that are way more um tangible yeah. uh evidence of what god is in the grand scheme of things rather than yeah. um, these descriptive words and these sort of things you know so so do you feel related to god or or connected to god or is it more so there's an idea um so when i was in the christian church right they really pushed that sort of like that was the first time i had like that um personal connection with Uh that but but now uh to go back to my science thing is like i do i believe that we are all made of space dust like i think that you Uh know the earth and the way that that we have formed as a species that we that our atoms and stuff like that do come from space dust and to me that that does mean that we are all connected to this huge thing that that is you know mm. for, for no term to describe it i don't you know but but okay I, 
but but other than that, but I don't sit yeah. and talk to God. I have when I'm in my real, real bad moments. I mean, like my mom had a stroke last year, and I remember that yeah. was one time where I was like, God, if you're real, like get get me out of this, please. Like, right. and I know it's always like, and I hate that. I hate that the times that I come to God, it's always because I need something, you know. Well, I mean, you don't think you know he's probably used to that with most people. I'm sure. I'm sure. I think that. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. What if if? And this is weird because now it's like now I'm splicing a he, the deity of God, whatever, and the universal sort of like thing of it. But I yeah. think that. Um, I think that. What I really think that's beautiful about that moment, that coming to God moment, is not really about asking God for the help. It's that you right. are realizing that you need help, right. and that you that you are not in control of any of this. And sure. so, to me, that is that is what God is: is the realization yeah. that we are not in control of a lot of these things, you uh-huh. know. And uh, and I'm sort of just having that as I'm saying that out loud right now. It's like interesting that um, it's sort of like anytime I'll there will be times where I'm having a panic attack. And for me, what helps is telling somebody that I'm having it. I go, Hey, I'm freaking out right now. Just letting them know because then once I let them know, okay, now, you know, I'm good. I can sort of like chill now. So I wonder if that's sort of a a survival tactic in a way. Well, there's definitely something to recognizing a fear. Right. And Mm. I mean, you know, this, I guess in most addiction programs, the first step is acknowledgement. Right, for sure. Yeah, so it absolutely. might be connected to that kind of idea too. It's a survival uh, mechanism, I think, and within yeah. our evolutionary. Like, I think anything yeah. that anything that becomes too much about us will always be the downfall of us. Like, we right. whether it's we need to think of the community of the world of like others right. because any right. sort of like selfish thought is, and so I think that is where the idea of a god or 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 putting your arms up and going like, please help me. You are no, yeah. you're getting outside of yourself and realizing you can't control these things. I, yeah. I know, sort of just well, thinking I, about this. I guess, and for me, some of what you're talking about also connects back to where we started with stand up and mm-hmm. being jealous of other people and their ability, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This sort of, it doesn't matter how well they're doing. You need mm-hmm. to get outside of your own head and compare yourself to you. Right. And yeah. Just realize, even even oh, more on an even more positive thing, a rising yeah. tide lifts all ships. It's like, yeah. if your friends are doing good, good. That's good for all of us. That means right. that if they're if they if they release a special that people love, now people want comedy. Now we have a, yeah. a realm where we can do comedy in. And so, right. Right. Um, care being happy for your peers and your brothers and sisters, um, sort of success because it is all of our success you know yeah. I, I try yeah. you know but but of course the selfish thing we all go back i i'm saying this sounding very like like i'm really like woke to it but i <laughs> but the, i have my moments where i'm on instagram yeah. going like really this person yeah this person? No, of course you know? of course every day but every you know, day. that's that's, that's human right out the day yeah uh so do you have an idea of an afterlife do you believe in a life oh, after this one I, you know, I've been thinking about this a little bit this past week. I honestly, I don't, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I heard Mike Tyson, I listen to Mike Tyson's podcast a lot and he's, oh, he's yeah. really said some really cool things. He said that life is so amazing that death also has to be amazing. He's like, mm. that this is, this is so incredible that he cannot imagine that after this, that, that death is end. not also incredible, you know, sure. whatever that is. Sure. So that's interesting. Um, I've heard this thought also that because um, I fear death, you know, it's one of my biggest mm-hmm. fears. I'm scared of it. It's, uh, but um, that we don't remember before we were born, and that that's what death will be like. That mm-hmm. moment, you know, we don't remember before we were like sentient living yeah. beings. So that I, that that might be what death is like. I also think that bringing science back into this, I've heard that there are that the blood that the your brain floods with chemicals. Yeah that creates sort of your afterlife thought when you are, when you finally cross over. Um, I also think that, um, I also just think that like, again, language will fail us that we, Mm. there are things that are indescribable that we can't, you know, I can't, there's air in this room. There is my heart is beating at the moment. It's like, I can't, um, right. Well, I don't think, I don't think that it's the Catholic heaven. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that. I think that, um, 
I would say I don't know. I nobody knows. I would say yeah. I don't really I don't really care too much um uh-huh. what happens. I I believe that um I I am sort of I would love to think that I practice like let's make heaven here on earth because sure. if we're if we're messing up while we're here because we think we're going to get something after. I think that why not mm. why not love each other here and and then if it is all over, then at least we had like a fun ride while we were getting there, you know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I think but I think that um you know, I mean, whenever I just describe God or whatever, it's like I have seen pictures of the earth from space. I have seen Saturn's rings. I have seen fish that have the little that light up at the bottom of the ocean and to right. me like the the majesty of like those sort of things to me, that feeling that you get when you see the Grand Canyon or the sky yeah. or whatever, lightning, that that to me is God. And uh-huh. for me to say that I know, I don't know what makes those things happen. I mean, scientifically, sure. I could break it down, but it is still very like, I was thinking about this the other day, I was on a hike and I was like, wow, clouds, like our world, like we walk around, we see clouds. Yeah. But if we didn't know what clouds were, like we'd be like, what the hell are they? We just, we're used to it. Yeah. But so, so we just, I just don't think that our social norms and our language really prepare us for even the thought. As far as the afterlife, I think that I'm an ant crawling on a microchip at that yeah. point. And I, and I have no idea what that is even going to be like. And Fair I, enough. you know, I love my parents. I would love to think they're in another place. But if not, then I hope that I gave them the love and stuff they deserve yeah. while they were here. But, Do you yeah. have a want, a want for the afterlife or for what happens oh, after that's this a, life? I don't know, man. Like, I don't would you know. Would you want um, it just to be like before birth? Just no mem, just done. It's over. Or would you want something? Depends how my how my later years go. I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got a while yet. You if I'm if yet. I'm if I'm tired at that point, I'm like, God, yeah, let me let it be sleep. Done. Let it I'm be out. done. I'm out. But right. I don't. I don't know. I guess. I guess. Um, I guess I do. But I have. I have a problem with sort of like. I don't want to worry about that because that's I'm, I have enough mm. stuff to worry about right now that I don't sure. know. I honestly, I've never really even thought about if I want there to be a heaven or not. Um, yeah, I would like there to be, I guess, for like you know, children that die and like the awful things that happen in the world. I would like them to right. go somewhere else. But also, what if heaven is just you don't remember and we're born again or we, you know, whatever. Even um. What is it like uh, reincarnation? Like, yeah. why? You know, I don't understand why reincarnation couldn't be a form of, you know, whatever. It's like, sure, everything is. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I've lived before. You know, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Who, who knows, dude? I, I don't know. I've never really thought if when I when I when I'm at my moments that I'm fearing death the most. Yes, I would have. That would be comforting to me to know that there is something yeah. after. But when I'm happy and I'm living my most loving life, I am content with my time here on earth. And I don't yeah. think that I that the thought of a heaven really is as um, is as like sexy. For life, right, 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 right. You know, gotcha. So has the pandemic changed or shaped your beliefs at all? No, um, no, man, I, I I'm of the belief that uh, if there is uh yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm last few years. I really just try to lead with love. It sounds so yeah. cheesy, but like lead with love. Oh, right. Um, you know, I always go back to these things, like be grateful for what you have and, yeah. um, and helping others, man. It's like those yeah. things being grateful and helping others are the two things across the board of every religion, of every theology yeah. that will actually make you feel better and actually right. do some good in the world. It's like, I can't, focus on all this other shit. like I, right. I you know to me my my revolution is smiling at a person leaving the store and they smile back and i'm like okay yeah. that's a thing <laughs> that's now. a connection saying yeah. saying hello and to me that's more tangible than protesting mm-hmm. or which which i love all that stuff all that stuff is great but for <laughs> in my yeah, in my yeah. own thing my my protest is against negativity and i think and yeah. i and i fail all the time i'm such a negative i can be an angry person but we all have you our know, moments, but we have hugging, the person that hugging we people, man. To be, too, yeah, right? yeah, and hugging people, loving people, yeah. being grateful. You know, my mom's in a wheelchair. It's like I'm grateful for my legs, for my hands. Right. My right. waking up in the morning, man. Like, um, yeah, I say, yeah. yeah, just leading with love is uh, that is my. Uh, 
I don't know if this has changed really anything other than I want to. I can't wait to hug people again and be out and 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 be in groups and you know be around human beings again. But um, well, I don't know. And I gotta say, Joel, I think it's only cheesy if you don't really mean it. And every interaction I've had with you, I get the sense that you truly mean it. So I don't think it sounds cheesy coming from. Well, you know, I gotta. It's the thing. We're around comics who are ready to roast at every minute. So I'm always like. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> you got to be on. You, know. you got to be on all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So I want to give you a chance to plug whatever you got going on. Um, yeah. I mean, we're we're doing this Sunday night, so I know Kill Tony's tomorrow. This will air yeah. on Wednesday, so it'll be after, but it's every Monday. Cool. So anything yeah, you so want to announce? Uh, just at Mostly Sorry. Um, we got – I'm in a band called The Baby Boys. If you go to Spotify, look up The Baby Boys. Uh, that's our new record. And then our old one is under Pat Reagan, uh, under oh, his excellent. thing. It's Pat Reagan and the Baby Boys. That was back before we were just the Baby Boys. Uh, and then um, yeah. uh, I have that punk record I did when I was 17 on SoundCloud. So SoundCloud.com oh, cool. slash, yeah, SoundCloud.com slash one against one. It's spelled out O-N-E against O-N-E. Um, that's me as a 17-year-old uh, kid <laughs> being real angsty. Yeah. Um, and that's Sweet. it, dude. Kill Tony every Monday. Um, can't wait to get back. But yeah. All right. And we'll close out after this, but I want to give you a chance to ask what's the deal with Mormons. Uh, yeah. Any topic that you've thought about over this last conversation? Oh, man. I feel like this would be an ant microchip situation where I could ask you like a, a thing, but I think I got a lot of questions. I feel like. I feel like I could ask you specifics about the thing or there are things that I'm already like, really, you believe that? But also you have, <laughs> sure. you've, you've sort of, you've sort of like led by who you are as a person. I think I've learned more about Mormons from just the way you treat me than any sort of question that I could ask you. So the next time we hang out, maybe I'll, maybe we could get into the other things, but I think that, uh, sure. but, um, you know, whatever I, 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 um, I've always enjoyed the times we talk. I think it's like, it's really interesting. I never thought I would have like a Mormon friend. I think that you're very um, sort of open-minded and accepting and have, have really sort of um, led by example. And I feel like uh, that um, you've had been nothing but kind to me. So I don't really, I think that you've uh, showed me more than anything I could ask at the moment. Oh, sweet. All right. Well, I appreciate that, man. That's very nice. Um, and I'd love to have you but back But also, on. what's up with that? No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'd love to have you back on, uh, and I'd love to do this in person after this pandemic is over. Hopefully we conquer it. Uh, but, Joel, thanks so much for joining me tonight, man. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me. This was great, dude. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah we'll, we'll catch everybody uh, next time. Yeah, heck yeah. Have a good one. Have a good quarantine, dude. I'll, hopefully I'll see you soon. I hope that's so. When, that, that's when I'll ask all the real stuff I want to ask. <laughs> yeah, off air. Yeah. Off air. Cool. Of course. All right.